Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 329th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! You're on the way to win it! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head, long outside shot. Short, rebounded. May, it's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys once again, recording on a Sunday night, here to get you ready for a quick-ish turnaround for Carolina as they are back in action at home on Tuesday um, as they'll host the Clemson Tigers in a game that will more than likely make or break Clemson's chances to make the NCAA tournament. We'll tell you everything you need to know about the Tigers, update you on stats and notes around Carolina, revisit that first matchup between the two teams in January, give our keys to the game, and so much more. But we start every edition of the pod as we always do with our pod thought of the day, and we go to the Zen master, maybe the greatest NBA coach of all time, that being Phil Jackson. Um, And today's uh, thought is, quote, good teams become great ones when the members trust each other enough, trust each other often enough to surrender the me for the we. Um, Something we talk about a lot in the current climate of of college basketball in particular is that there aren't great teams. There are really, really good teams. Um, but the last really great team that you probably saw was probably 2018 Villanova. Uh, before that, 2015 Kentucky. Um, that team didn't even win a national championship. And then probably 2009 Carolina, which, of course, won a national championship. 
I think for the way the sport is built, designed, and the way it operates here, Carolina is a great team. You're 18 and four. You're two and two against top 10 competition. Um, you're 10 and one in your league that no, it's not the best power conference in the sport, but the ACC has had a bounce back year in more ways than one and has proven to be a tough conference to consistently win at or, you know, win on the road in. And the biggest reason why is this team's a team. Um, I mean, even the other night, as Armando Baycott and Harrison Ingram were having, you know, legacy-defining games as Tar Heels, the team was celebrating their success. And when RJ made a play or Cormac made a play, Baycott, Ingram were the first two guys to to be seen celebrating, um, celebrating their success. And Adam Lucas does a great job writing about Carolina for Go Heels. Or an article about how this team uh, has reminded us all why we're why we're here, um, and why we Carolina basketball is the the entity that it is. And um, you got to credit Hubert Davis rebuilding the culture um, in just a single offseason, identifying the guys that he had to bring in, the guys he essentially had to get rid of to get Carolina back uh, to their winning way. So great quote there from Phil Jackson, um, and it's one that I do think directly applies to this basketball team. The hard part is they've now got to turn around and play a pretty big game against Clemson. Um, you know, this is the time of the year where you would have loved to have this, the, the Saturday-Wednesday uh, turnaround to have almost four days to kind of decompress from the emotions of the Duke win, but that's not the case. Carolina, um, with a little bit of like a you know sixty-ish hour turnaround um, as they get ready to host the Clemson Tigers, and as I mentioned, um, this game may very well may determine their NCAA tournament standing. They're fourteen and seven on the year, but just four and six in the ACC. As of Friday, um, and as of recording, I have not seen an updated Joe, Joe Lenardi bracketology for ESPN. But as of Friday, Clemson was a seventh seed. Um, and that was before they lost to Virginia, a big win for the Wahoos, but a game that um, will hurt Clemson, you know, in terms of being a tournament team. They are 37th in the net, but just three and four on the road. As I mentioned, this this league isn't the easiest to go on the road and win. Um, they have three really great, talented players that average double-figure scoring led by P.J. Hall's 19.9 points, seven rebounds, one and a half assists, shooting 50% from the field, 30% from three. You got Joe Girard, the third, 14.7 points, 3.4 rebounds, 3.1 assists, shooting 42% from the field, 42% from three. And then Chase Hunter, 12 points, two and a half boards, 2.6 assists, shooting 41% from the field, 28% from three. When you go back to the first matchup, many people thought these were the two best teams in the conference um, because of the start that Clemson had gotten off to. They met as top 15 teams in Little John Coliseum. And after Carolina was able to pull away and get a victory, they ascended to the best team in the league, whereas Clemson has uh, floundered to 
the bottom of the ACC. And we know Clemson's reputation, their history in Chapel Hill, only having won there one time. This is a team that is in desperate need of a road win if they want to be dancing come March. Yeah, I mean, look, there's plenty of ways that this team can probably still make the tournament even if they lose this game. You have to just win the games that are on your schedule that you should win. The problem is is that that's pretty much the majority of the schedule that Clemson has the rest of the way. This is a chance to pretty much secure that they would make the NCAA tournament because they've they've the, the net rankings love them. They've got the at a conference schedule that will allow them to make the NCAA tournament comfortably if they can pick up a big win in conference. So for them, they look at this game as a great opportunity. They look at this as the biggest game on their schedule, whereas you wonder with Carolina, what does Carolina view this game as? You know, they're coming off the win over Duke. Um, You're now coming down off the high. And look, you know, in the past – I will say this, you know, of course, I'm with you. I would love for this to be a game that's on Wednesday. But at the same time, I mean, this could have been a game on a Monday. We've seen that plenty of times when Carolina has played Duke. So, I I mean, I I think, you know, it's it's just going to be on these guys. You know, this is a team that after a loss, uh, their first loss in conference play, sat down and had a players-only meeting. so you know the leadership is strong, and it's going to be on those guys to be prepared, be ready to go for this game. Now, the thing is is that this game is in the Smith Center. If this was reverse, and let's say earlier in the season Carolina had played them at home, and this was Carolina having to go on the road, I'd be pretty concerned about this game because, yeah, the level of desperation for Clemson combined with it being a home environment for them would be tough. But the fact that it's in the Smith Center – I think really helps Carolina out in this game. Um, you would expect, I mean, it should probably be a pretty solid environment yet again because you know people always love showing up for this game because, yeah, Clemson's only come in there and won one time, so there's a good chance when you go to these games, you're going to see Carolina win. So uh, I think, you know, Carolina, they, they, they've got a chance to sort of build off of another big win. And that's the thing that they have to look at moving forward now is that, you know, for for them, you never really know where the losses are going to come on the schedule. And, yeah, Duke is a team that's two and a half games behind you in the standings. But let's be honest, Duke isn't the only threat to you. Virginia is right there. They are exactly two games behind you after their win over Clemson on Saturday. So you just have to continue to you know find ways to win these games in order to keep that distance in the conference because the more you do that, the easier it's going to be at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Clemson's got the the non-conference wins. Um, you got a road win at Bama, and you've got a home win over South Carolina, um, two teams that I, I expect to see on an NCAA tournament bracket come Selection Sunday. The problem is, is you don't know if that's enough to, to get the job done, considering the national reputation of the league. And when you have a below 500 record in conference play, quite frankly, it's hard to complain about not making the tournament if that's the ultimate result. Mm-hmm. It's why their fan base, I mean, rightfully so, was irate about what happened in Cameron a week ago. 
a game that they played more than well enough to win the game. But, you know, down the stretch, they didn't make the winning plays. They had a whistle maybe not go their way. Um, and they, and they, they, they walk out of Cameron with the loss. I do think that's something, though, that they can look at it in terms for this game and be like, look, we've, we've gone on the road against the best, the, the second best team this conference has to offer, and we played them 40 minutes, and we put ourselves in position to win. So, um, you know, I don't know how – I mean, they're, they're not going to be phased by the environment. You almost worry about do they get overwhelmed just by the pressure because they know what's going to be at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Brownells, you know – very much, but you know, this game can very well determine his future on the sidelines at Clemson. Like, you start what you started was you know eleven and one or something like that, and then you miss the NCAA tournament. It's going to be really hard to justify you staying uh, in your role as Clemson's head coach. So, um, there's just a lot going into this game from the visitor side of things. But don't get don't don't, don't get. Uh, this mistaken. This is still a pretty big game for Carolina. Um, they enter eighteen and four. They are ten and one in the uh, 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 in the league. Um, as we sit here, of course, on Sunday night of recording, we don't have an updated AP poll. I would imagine Carolina probably just stays put at number three after beating the number seven team in the country. They're ninth in the net. They're eighth in Ken Palm. They're undefeated at home, and this is something this group has talked a lot about is protecting home court, um, and they've done that very well so far this season uh, as they're averaging over 90 uh, points per game in the Smith Center. Um, they're led by their four players after double-figure scoring, headlined by R.J. Davis, 21.3 points, 3.6 rebounds, 3.4 assists, shooting 45% from the field, 41% from three. And Armando Baycott is coming off his best game of the season, 13.9 points, 9.9 rebounds. Up to He's now shooting 55% after his performance the other night against Duke. Harrison Ingram, 12.5 points, 9 rebounds. 2.4 assists, shooting 43% from the field, 41% from three. And then you have Cormac Ryan averaging 10.8 points, 3.3 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 38% from the field, 30% from three. Um, and I think you brought up a really good point is I, yeah, I, I do think Duke is the second best team in the league. But Virginia, who's won, I think it's now five straight after what they did after winning at Clemson on Saturday, and a team that you, you've got to go and play at uh, later this month, is now just two games behind. And you kind of just need to keep that two-game cushion. That way, when you go to Charlottesville, a place you haven't won at uh, in over a decade, you, you don't want that game to have first place on the line because that's the only game this year that you have against Virginia. And so if they were to beat you, they would have the, you know, the head-to-head. And if you finish with the same record at the end of the regular season, they're the regular season champs. They get the one seed when you go to Washington, D.C. Um, for the ACC tournament. So the good news is, is I think Carolina's aware of that. I think they, they understand that um, as, as big and as fun as Saturday was and is, um, unfortunately, you've got to move on. You know, that's why I wish we had Wednesday to have a little bit more time to to soak this in and enjoy it. But the reality is, is that when they got up this morning, their head coach 
and already moved on to getting ready for a Clemson team that's going to um, pose a challenge and will be looking to come into your building and play at a really high level. So uh, with that, we've set the scene for the second game of the year with the Clemson Tigers. We come back, we'll revisit that first matchup. We'll talk about being maybe worried about a letdown factor going into this game before we, of course, give our keys to the game and pick the game. But first, here's a word from our partners. Hey there, Josh here for the Autograph Fandom app. Want to get rewarded for listening to our show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and much more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it today for free using the referral code HEELTOUGH. Link and code are also in our podcast description. Really hope you guys are taking full advantage of the Autograph uh, Fandom app. Um, There's a lot of neat stuff there. Just use that referral code HEELTOUGH. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll find yourself in Phoenix cheering on Carolina when they make the Final Four and hopefully win a national championship. Let's go back to early January. Carolina on the road at Clemson. Um, It was a battle of two top 16 teams that day. Carolina was number eight in the country. Clemson was number 16 in the country. And Carolina won the game 65-55. to Finished the game on a 7-0 run um, over the last five minutes or so. And that was really the the beginning of this defense and, and the rebounding becoming real. Like you went and did it at Pittsburgh earlier in the week, but we looked at that game and looked and thought that was more psychological for that group. Like they just they wanted to get over the hump of not being able to beat that team, a team that had kind of made things personal. Then you go on the road in that environment and you play as well as you play defensively. You held one of the better three-point shooting teams at the time to just 6% shooting from three. You out-rebounded them by double digits. Whenever we – and we talked about it after the win. Um, Like if that win was going to be the springboard to something great, then we would look back at that game. And sure enough, Carolina's 10-1. and one. They're a top-five team in the country, um, the best team in the league, and a threat to win a national championship. And I think when we look back on this season, no matter what happens at the end, as positive as we feel right now, that first win over Clemson was as big an indication of any that this team was, was ready to uh, reemerge as one of the best in the country. Well, one of the biggest things that you saw Carolina do in that game was rebound the ball, out-rebound one of the better rebounding teams in the conference in Clemson. Um, You know, Ian Sheplin had a pretty solid day for himself, but Armando Baycott matched him and bettered him with 16 rebounds in that game. That was really one of the only times this year, and, uh, you know, the only time really against a a power conference foe where we've looked at Armando Baycott on the glass and said that looks like the old school Armando Baycott that we saw back in that 21-22 run. Um, You know, at at the time, I mean, you go back to that game and 
you know, one of the more interesting things to look at, Harrison Ingram did not play well really at all in that game. I mean, just three of 10 from the field, nine points, and only had four rebounds in that game. Now you move to this matchup, and he's the best rebounder on the team. Armando Baycott is right behind them. They're coming off, um, you know, double-doubles for both guys in the game against Duke. So, uh, I mean, you know, just the way that Carolina, you know, is, is playing now, some of the guys that have stepped their game up, uh, it's, it, it, you know, Carolina is a different team. Now, the thing is, is that Clemson is also a different team. Um, they are much deeper than the first time that they faced Carolina, and that's because of the return of Jack Clark. Remember, he did not play in that first game. He was hurt. Um, so he's going to be a guy that's going to come off the bench for them. Um, you know, he's, he's started a few games, but I believe he's in a bench role. But with him now playing as much as he is, that means that Clemson now goes about nine deep. So it'll be interesting to see – you know, what Carolina does. Last, uh, or in the game against Duke, um, Carolina used just eight players. So you can already see that Carolina is starting to shorten the bench just a little bit, especially in some of the games that they're going to play against their best competition down the stretch. Clemson probably falls into that category. So it'll be interesting to see if they stick with the smaller rotation and really just try to overpower Clemson because they're the more talented team or if they'll have to try to match Clemson because they're just so deep. That, that, that'll that be you know something to watch for in this game on Tuesday night. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that the thing about whenever you, you face a team for the second time is just how different they are. Um, you know, we saw it with Florida State that when we played Florida State in December, didn't think they'd be the challenge that they would be later in January. And they, you know, they had the look and the feel of a team that, depending on what they do down the stretch, they might win themselves into the NCAA tournament. Now you're seeing Clemson for the second time. Um, they're deeper, but their record isn't, you know, where it was a, a month ago. Um, and they'll be playing with the sense of desperation that you probably didn't think they would have in early February after beating them in early January. So that's one of the, the unique things about the college basketball season because um, it is, you know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And these teams and these programs, they change over the course of the year. And that's definitely said uh, or true when you look at this Clemson team. Now, you know, when you look at this game, and we've kind of talked about it um, just, you know, around, you know, just briefly, um, you know, Carolina just a little over 48 hours back on the court from their from the the, the most emotional win um, of the season, and I do think this is where being the fifth oldest team in the country will come in handy. Having guys like Armando and RJ that have been through it will come in handy because they beat Duke and had to get ready to play for a national championship for goodness sakes. Like one of the tough things about this game, no matter the, the the Duke game, no matter win or lose is getting ready emotionally to play the next game because the game takes so much out of you. Um, I mean, Harrison Ingram didn't know where he was when he was doing his post-game interview because he was still on the high from scoring 21 points and grabbing 13 rebounds. Saw Cormac Ryan, really, because this is the only time to get to do it, on Franklin Street celebrating with the fans, which is a really fun, cool, unique thing. 
but now you got to get ready to to play again um, and understand that you're in first place and the team you're playing against um, is playing for their tournament lives and you're and now you're 100 the hunted team. You're no longer hunting opponents. Opponent of opponents are hunting you. Um, and it's 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 a fair question to ask because we ask it every time you beat Duke, no matter if in the regular season or in the postseason. How concerned should we be about a possible letdown in this game at home against Clemson? Well, I mean, there's always going to be that paranoia that a plenty of people are going to have, especially after the last couple of seasons. But, I, I mean, look, I, I don't really think that you should be too concerned about it. I mean, look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe – you know, ultimately, this is a team that is, you know, so focused on that one win. But I got to be honest, I, I feel like that's probably one of those games, uh, you know, and if they do come out and play, you know, really well in this game, it, it, it could probably trace back to the loss against Georgia Tech. Because I, I think that game, yes, it was against your rival. But at the same time, it was a chance to sort of, you know, prove that, look, we're not a team that's going to fall apart. Because there were people that, we're concerned about that. Um, it wasn't a ton of people, uh, but there were people that were wondering, look, is this where Carolina starts to slip? Because they suffered their first conference loss. It was their worst loss of the season. I know Villanova certainly isn't looking like a great loss, but at the time, that was a much different Villanova team, and it had a much different feel around it. So I, I do think that you know this that that win over Duke was huge for this team because it really just sort of restates to them that everything that we've done to this point is you know that, that's who we are. The fact that we are now 18 and four, like we are a legitimate team. We're not a team that started the year hot and now all of a sudden we're going to fall apart here in the back half of conference play. And so I feel like you're going to see that in this game. Um, I I think you're going to see a team that's going to be confident. I think it could be a team that honestly sort of feeds off of the fact that they won that game and comes out and potentially starts fast out of the gate. But I mean, look, it could go really either way because Clemson is a team that's going to be incredibly desperate. So, I mean, look, there's there's always going to be that, that, that little bit of concern. But I think with the leadership on this team, you said that Hubert Davis, you know, a guy that's already focused on tur- turning the attention to that Clemson game, and it feels like a lot of the players, because of how veteran they are, are probably taking the same mindset. I think this team will be perfectly fine when they take to the Smith Center on Tuesday night against the Tigers. Yeah, look, I would love for them to come out with their hair on fire and play with that same energy, emotion, passion. It's hard to expect it because this game isn't what the game was on Saturday. And as as I've gotten older and, and watched this team and the program play in the next game after the Duke game, um, it, it, to me it always feels like they play better after losses for whatever reason. And like, you look, I, I think Tuesday, I think uh, I think Carolina's going to win the game, but it's probably going to be like a Louisville, probably might be like a Wake Forest where Carolina doesn't play great the first 20 minutes, but their talent and their depth over the course of 40 – uh, it, 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 it proves to be the difference because it's just it's just different and and like we I mean we experience it as fans 
I mean, I, I want the game on Wednesday because I haven't recovered physically from cheering during the game. I need another day um, with another round of drugs to be able to get in my stance and and and, and watch the game. So, um, you know, if, if, if us as fans are feeling that way, you can only imagine how the players are going to feel. So with that, we'll go ahead and dive right into our keys to the game. And the first thing I have is to match their energy and their intensity. Um, this game means more to Clemson than it means to you. And uh, you've got to match the way that they're going to treat this game because they're going to play with a level of desperation. Quite frankly, you haven't seen yet this season. Um, but it's that time of the year where you're going to be facing teams that are, are going to have to do – uh, to, they're going to have to beat teams like you if they want any chance to, to make the NCAA tournament. So, again, this is where I like being the fifth oldest team in the country. This is where I like having a guy like Armando Baycott. Like, you can't say the ACC runs through me after beating Duke and then not show up for Clemson. Like, uh, you, you know, like there, there, there's going to be that mindset of we got that one. Now we got to go this – we got to go get this one. And you've got a head coach that – is so comfortable with this group. He's just not going to let that happen. And if he sees that his kids and his guys aren't ready to play, he'll put them on the bench. Like you saw in the Georgia Tech game where Armando Baycott sat for nearly six minutes. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's something we'll know right out of the gate where Carolina's mindset is going into the game. But they've, 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 they've got to treat the game the way Clemson is going to treat the game because for them, this very, very, this very well could be their season. Yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, one of the other things that really helps you with this is the fact that you got much better depth than you did a year ago. There's guys that you can actually trust to go out there. Um, as you said, if there's guys that don't get off to great starts in this game, Hubert Davis will sub them out and you know put them on the bench uh, and 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 just roll with some of these guys off the bench that may be more ready for this moment because they didn't play a whole lot the other night. But to me, I'm not even really that worried about that because I really do think that the fact that these guys are veterans is the difference between this year's team and just about any other team. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Armando Baycott that's been doing this for how many years? Now he's going up against, you know, look, he, he went up against Kyle Filipowski, who might be uh, the, the first team All-ACC member of the front court uh, that everybody's talking about. But P.J. Hall was a guy that uh, in the preseason people loved, and he'll be a guy that will probably receive – um, either first or second team all ACC in the postseason as well. Um, I'd probably lean towards the prior. So, I mean, this is another tough matchup for him. It's another big that, you know, can probably stake a claim if he wants to towards being the best big in the ACC. So I feel like Armando Baycott should be motivated to come out and prove that PJ Hall, just like Kyle Filipowski, is not the best big in the ACC. It's him. And the other guy that I think you really look at who could start this game fast from Carolina's key group of veterans is R.J. Davis. He didn't get off to a fast start against Duke. 
really, you know, he, he was pacing himself until the end of the game because everybody else was playing so well around him. Um, but he knew when to take over late in that game. But it still wasn't the type of performance that we've seen at times from R.J. Davis this season. This could be one of those games where he looks at it and says, look, my teammates picked me up against Duke. I need to pick them up in this game. So I expect that that, that one or two of these veteran guys are going to be ready to go right out of the gate, step up, and play really well for Carolina to help them match the intensity that you're going to see from Clemson on the other side. The second key I have, and you kind of talked about it with how good P.J. Hall is, Ian Shefflin really stood out in the first game as well, um, is to win the battle on the interior. P.J. Hall did not play well against Carolina in the first matchup. Will be motivated to have a bounce-back performance in this game. Carolina, in the win the other night against Duke, gave up 54 points in the paint. And, you know, as much as you could look at it and say that they were garbage time points because – the game was all but decided with about a minute and a minute and a half to go. That's still a, a pretty large number. Um, and and expect Clemson to want to try to attack Carolina and try to, you know, recreate that same success Duke will have. It'll be tougher because they don't have the athletes, they don't have the talent that the Blue Devils have. But, you know, it is something that they'll look at on film and try to attack. And so, um, but to me, this 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 game, like it did in the first time, comes down to which big has the better game. Um, and, and Baycott got the better of P.J. Hall and Clemson, and, and Carolina won. It feels like if Baycott really builds off of what he did the other night against Duke, it makes it that much harder to envision Clemson coming into your building and getting a win. But you've got to – you, you, you've got to do a much better job on Ian Shefflin in this game than you did the first time. If Clemson would have won, he would have been the, the reason why. So, um, but, but, you know, it, it's pretty simple. These games are won in the trenches, as Sheber Davis likes to say. And if, if Carolina wins the battle, you know, if they, if they win that war, it probably lends to them winning the ball game. Well, and the difference between that matchup and this matchup is that you've got Harrison Ingram playing much more confident on that end of the floor. You've got a guy that is rebounding at an incredibly high level, so he's going to be able to sort of match the intensity that Shefflin is bringing. That first time, that was kind of during that time where Harrison Ingram had just sort of disappeared a little bit on the glass. Um, but the other guy that's going to be key in being able to take away Ian Shefflin, and you're going to see him probably a pretty good amount like you saw in the game the other night against Duke, is Jalen Withers. Um, we've seen Carolina has put him on you know some of these bigs here recently, and it's worked out pretty well. He has held his own. Um, he can handle the physicality. You know He's got pretty solid length. Um, so I think you're going to see those two guys – really fo- focus a lot more on taking away Ian Shefflin than they did in the first matchup. And I really think that's going to be the key. If those two guys can have good nights against him, I trust Armando Baycott against P.J. Hall. This is a matchup that he's seen a lot of different times in his career. And just about every time, I mean, we chronicled it when we broke down the first game. Armando Baycott has won just about every one of these matchups. Um, you know, P.J. Hall has had times where he's played well against Carolina, uh, primarily last year. But 
he's a guy that Armando Baycott has been able to disrupt whenever he's played him. And I think this year, you, know, you saw it in that first game, but Armando Baycott is defending at a much better level than he was the last few years. So I feel like Armando has a really good chance to win this matchup inside. The biggest – one of the, the, the things that I'm going to be focused on, though, and one of the things that Carolina has to do a better job than they did in the first matchup is they have to take away Chase Hunter being able to get to the lane. He did it so often in that first matchup. It was so easy for him to, at, at times to blow by some of these Carolina guards and get what he wanted inside. We saw it again the other night that guys that are incredibly aggressive getting downhill, Carolina will at times give them the basket to try to avoid fouling um, or, you know, stepping in, taking a charge and, and drawing a blocking foul. So Carolina, look, they've got to be able to stay in front of him. I think if they do, it's going to be a really tough night for Clemson because him being able to get to the lane really is the key to setting up everything offensively for Clemson. So I think – that's got to be a focus of these Carolina guards. We've seen it at times that Elliot Cadeau has done a better job of guarding as the season has gone along. You'd expect him to have a better performance in this game, and Seth Trimble will really come in handy in this one. Uh, should could see him a pretty good amount, and hopefully he can uh, you know, be the guy that helps take away that dribble-drive penetration for Chase Hunter. A sign that these aren't the two same teams that they met on the floor – um, you know, or they met a month ago, was we going into the first game against Clemson, you had to be worried about Carolina's three-point defense. Um, Clemson now just shoots 35% from three as a team, not the same shooting team they were a month ago. you you, you got to keep the clamps on Joe Girard, who's their best perimeter shooter. But given the way Carolina's defended the perimeter, the concern isn't really where it probably was in the first matchup. For me, the last key is to control the backboards because Carolina averages about three and a half more rebounds per game than Clemson does. And Carolina won the rebounding margin the other night, but they only won it by one over Duke. And it was really odd that Carolina still controlled the pace, controlled the tempo, despite not really dominating the glass. But you can do that when you force the turnovers that you did and you were able to get out and run the way that you did. But um, I think this is a game where Carolina wants to get to the glass, reestablish that dominance in that area. They are the best rebounding team now in the ACC um, as it's another example that miracles still happen in the year of our Lord, 2024. But, um, you know, expect Baycott, Ingram to, to contribute in a big way because I think if Carolina limits the damage that Shefflin has on the glass and the, the, the damage that P.J. Hall has on the glass, like in the first matchup, it just makes it that much harder for them to win because they're not controlling and dictating the way the game's going to be played. Yeah, I mean, if you look, if you can take those two guys out of the game rebounding-wise, and look, you're not going to be able to take them completely out. But the main thing is is that you want to avoid giving up offensive rebounds. Those are areas where um, Shefflin, you know, in particular has really shined this year. But look, this is one of the better rebounding teams that you've faced in a while here, um, really since probably the first time that you played Clemson. Um, there aren't a ton of great rebounding teams in this conference, but this is one of the better ones that you're going to face. 
at that time, you got to remember, Carolina wasn't really rebounding at the level that they are now. So you, you should feel pretty confident that Carolina should be able to out-rebound them. But you're right. It was weird the other night how Carolina only had a plus-one advantage on the glass. Now, look, when Carolina needed a rebound, including on the offensive end of the floor, they found a way to get it. But in this game, if you struggle to rebound, if, if the margin is the same as it was the other night against Duke, this will probably be a much closer game than you want it to be. So, yeah, this is one of those games that Carolina has to be able to crash the glass. You want to see, you know, not only your two main guys, Ingram and Baycott, rebounding well, but you want to see some of the guards and other guys on the floor that have really started to increase their rebounding production as the season has gone along. You want to see them step up, too, and have a good rebounding night if they do. I feel like Carolina has a chance to win this one and win this one pretty convincingly. They enter the game with an 82.1% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's analytics, who wins the game and why. Well, Carolina, I think, wins this game. Um, You know, you got the series history that always seems to factor in whenever these two meet, and uh, that'll be something that'll probably be on the minds of Clemson coming in. But more importantly, I just think that Carolina is the better team. I think that they're prepared for this type of moment. Um, you know, I know we talked about the concern of this being a letdown game, but this is a veteran group. They've got a good leadership group uh, that's in place, and I think their head coach know, has told them in multiple times what the standard is. Um, I don't think they'll be, you know, still focused on that win over Duke. I think. You'll see these guys come out. I, I think they start out pretty quick in this game, honestly. Um, don't think they race out to some huge lead or something like that. But I still feel like when we exit the first half, we'll feel like Carolina played pretty well. Um, and I think it'll be one of those games sort of similar to the other night. But I think you know, when Carolina has a chance to put them away, they will. I like Carolina to win this one and do so by double digits, probably somewhere in that 10 to 12-point range. Yeah, I I think Carolina wins. Um, I think it might be more of a methodical type of win that they just kind of grind it out as the game moves along. Um, but their talent, their depth, um, really just you know proves to be too much for Clemson to handle. Uh, but I could be wrong. They could come out and, and play and build off of what they did the other night. History just tells you that's not going to be the case. Even when Carolina wins – Unless they play, you know, just a god awful opponent, it is a it is a win that they have to maybe, if you say, earn as the game moves along. Well, no matter what happens, we'll have you covered on the website heeltoughblog.com, where um, full coverage of the Duke game is is still up there. If you want to go back and check out, um, you know, the what the, the win over Duke, um, as Carolina did win the big rivalry matchup, but I will be getting you ready. For the game against Clemson, um, as I as I and we continue to take you through the remainder of the basketball season. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform. Simply search the Four Corners podcast, and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way, you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do you want to thank Anthony for hosting with me? We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.
doesn't get any sweeter than that. 